0: This is Live Mike. One 2. With Lee Sperry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Sperry on KSL News Radio. Welcome to Live Mike. This Friday episode, last episode of the week. I am thrilled to be joining you here this afternoon. There is so much to talk about. When I woke up this morning, I didn't think we were going to have to dwell too long on masks. Well, it turns out that a group of medical professionals, in fact, the, the, the top-shelf medical professionals around this state, chief medical officers from hospital systems throughout the state, a chief physician executive, an infectious diseases physician, five individuals gathered together uh, today to voice their views on whether or not it's a good idea or a wise idea for Governor Gary Herbert to instate a statewide mandate on mask wearing the assertions of these medical professionals is that it is required that it is a must do and that unless there is a mandate statewide that opening schools in the fall may not be an option I also spoke about hospital capacity specifically icu capacity intensive care unit many covid sufferers end up there I'm not going to dwell too long on it right now, but I can assure you later on in the program, in fact, just after one o'clock, I am going to bring to you some of the statements made by these medical professionals. Some of them are staggering. Some of the claims and assertions made, uh, if I'm honest, made me a bit fearful. And then some of the comments that were made seem to conflict with information that's been put out by the state, specifically on the coronavirus.utah.gov website in terms of what right now is the capacity and what percentage of full capacity uh, here in the state of Utah amongst the various health care systems and hospital systems? How much is being occupied right now? The doctors in the press conference today say one thing. The website right now from the state says another. It's important to get that straight, and we'll try to do so later on in the program. Right now, though. Looking forward to this conversation. You and I just the other day discussed something that was, at the time, seemingly a rumor of sorts. Over at UtahPolicy.com, Brian Schott up, uh, wrote up an article where he claimed that there was an effort underway to launch a write-in campaign for John Huntsman Jr. As you know, of course, Spencer Cox right now enjoys uh, the Republican nomination. will be running against a Democratic nominee Chris Peterson Spencer Cox having defeated John Huntsman in the primary election. But there is always that option for a write-in. Historically, it's been tricky. I did a little bit of Googling around and uh, haven't found uh, big examples of success. Lisa Murkowski, senator from uh, Alaska, uh, was able to pull it off. And there have been others in history, some of them dating back uh, some time. Herbert Hoover won uh, a presidential primary via write-in in Massachusetts way back in 1928. FDR pulled it off in New Jersey in 1940. Dwight Eisenhower pulled it off in Massachusetts, the presidential primary, that is, in 1956. Ended up with over 50,000 write-ins. Now there is an effort underway here in Utah to arrange such a campaign or explore it, or we'll get the right words here in just a moment, but uh, the conversation has certainly started as to whether or not a write-in campaign to... Uh, to vote to elect John Huntsman Jr. to governor is being discussed. And a spokesperson for a number of individuals having that discussion right now is Alicia Williams. And she joins me on the line now. Uh, Ms. Williams, how are you?
1: Oh, hi. Great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Let's, before we get into this conversation, t- tell me and the listeners who you are and who do you represent?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So my name is Alicia Williams and I am currently helping a group of Utah citizens explored the option to have John Huntsman's name written in in the general election in November. I did play a small role um at the very end of the John Huntsman campaign and just volunteering an advisory role for them. Um, but it wasn't until the election ended when there we all were getting phone calls from different supporters and friends and supporters from Hughes campaign right campaign contacting us and saying well wait we don't get it was that really the end that's it cox got roughly 35 percent of the republican party vote and that's it and a lot of people you know truthfully didn't understand the process and that that was literally the end and that you know cox legitimately won we are not questioning that or trying to question the outcome we understand that he won but there were 65 percent of Republican voters who voted against talks, but chose other candidates who now are thinking, well, how can that be that we have a candidate who didn't even get it even close to a majority of support from his own party? Yeah. And yet now he's, you know, stepping forward and going to represent the interests of the entire state. Um, a lot of people just feel unheard. And, you know. Truthfully, it comes right down to the fact that it, it's a reflection of the failed system that we have, that we have a system that didn't allow for a clear majority. They didn't yeah. prepare for a situation where there could be four candidates on the ballot without a runoff or a choice, choice voting option.
0: Let's save that so debate for— a reflection for- of the system. Let's save that debate for, for another day. It, it's a worthwhile discussion to have, but let's focus on your efforts here. Okay. What, uh, what, what's been done so far? I saw in that Brian Schott article that there was a gentleman who tweeted out that he had received uh, a phone call uh, and that a pollster had asked w- what his thoughts might be about something like this. Are, are you aware of that polling? Are you behind that polling?
1: So Great question. And that poll came as a huge surprise to us um, just the supporters that are behind us. We, we naturally were all calling each other, saying, "Did you pay for this? Are you aware of this?" We called those who are, were pretty involved in the Huntsman campaign, saying, "Did you guys pay for this?" And no one had any idea. That was the first real spark for us to realize there are real legs to this. Um, have you been you have able to, to
0: have um, you been able to confirm that a, that a poll, in fact, uh, has been executed?
1: Yes. So a poll. Out some of our supporters and said that this is absolutely taking place. They didn't tell us who paid for it or who was conducting the survey, but it was a legitimate survey. And And, we're hoping that we're going to have the results of that. We naturally are very curious about it. And they were more than happy to share it with us. Um, And we're hoping to have those results either today or for sure by early next
0: week. You you have been in contact with the pollsters. Yes. Okay. Uh, Let me ask you this. Have you had any contact with, uh, with John Huntsman Jr. or any in his family?
1: No, we absolutely have not. This is a complete grassroots effort from supporters from multiple parties, um from different candidates that are coming forward saying we are not happy and John is the most viable of the three that came out of the primary election that has a real shot at this and has the mo- would most likely have the broadest support. So they're coming to us, but no, we have no contact with John Huntsman or his immediate family.
0: Have you have you attempted have uh, to have contact
1: Um, You know, fair question. No, we have not. Because ultimately, this is, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is an unprecedented moment for Utah to try and take on something like this. So as Utahns were concerned, our, our motivation here is not to complain about the outcome and cry that our candidate lost. That is not what is driving us. We are citizens that are very, very concerned about the unprecedented crisis facing our state. And we're looking and realizing that the candidate who came out of the primary, we don't believe, fully represents the interests of most Utah. We believe that John Huntsman is the right leader for this moment and that his unparalleled leadership and experience is exactly what Utah needs to help Uh us through this time. So we are gathering our support, trying to decide, can we ask this of him? This is not being driven by John Huntsman or his family. It is coming from people who truly believe he is the right person for now and that there will be enough Utahns to demonstrate that we're right.
0: All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, thank you so much for, for sharing with me and this audience uh, all that you are aware of and all that you are up to. Uh, good luck to you. It'd be certainly an interesting uh, footnote in history if something like this were able to come about. I look forward to uh, those polling results. Uh, would you mind having another conversation with me once you, once you learn uh, uh-huh. what the polling tells you?
1: Absolutely. Happy to do it. We're excited to show that um, 65% of Utahns who didn't have their voice heard are, are going to get behind this. And we're right. excited to take it
0: forward. So Alicia Williams. Time.
1: Thanks so
0: much. Thank you. You okay, take care. Thank you. We're going to take Bye-bye. a quick break. When we return, we're going to have a conversation with Utah State Senator Dan McKay. He recently uh, penned an article published in the Deseret News where he claims that wearing a mask is the conservative thing to do.